Happy Wednesday, y'all. We hear from the NFL today. Justin Fields, y'all. <laughs> he played better. Uh, we'll hear from him in a moment, and he'll talk about the game coming up this week. Mike McDaniel just spoke to the Miami media. We'll bring that to you in just a bit, too. How did the Dolphins bounce back? So glad to have you. Hawk is here. Dan Orlovsky is here. That means it's Whiteout Wednesday, y'all. Get it. Get ready. For you don't a second, I thought that. you said Whiteout Wednesday. Uh, well, that would apply to you. What would that mean with me? But yeah, exactly. Dan's, <laughs> once again, self-absorbed. He's a quarterback. All right, we got Adam Schefter here, and Marcus Fierce giving us the signature wave. So glad to have you guys here as well. We've got a lot to get to, but let's start with Adam because there's a ton going on. Adam, the top stories around the league. Big names coming off the pup list. Let's start with Von Miller. Laura, the Bills have opened the practice window, the 21-day practice window for Von Miller to be activated. He was listed as a limited participant for today's practice prior to Sunday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's only a matter of time now okay. before Von Miller is back helping the Bills pass rush. They lose Tredavious White this past weekend, but soon we'll be getting back Von Miller. As for Cooper Cup, the Rams also have opened the 21-day period for him to practice and to begin to ramp up to be ready to play. There's a chance he's going to be ready to go Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. If not then, then certainly a week later. But Coop, Cup is close to being ready to play for the Los Angeles Rams, who suddenly have a lot of receivers to throw to. And a short time ago, the Indianapolis Colts listed Jonathan Taylor as a full participant in today's practice ahead of Sunday's game for the Colts. That tells you that Taylor is tracking to be able to play. The question is, is the unsettled contract situation? Nothing's changed there. He had submitted a request for a trade. Nothing's changed there if there's no contract. So there are other details surrounding Jonathan Taylor's situation that make it a bit fluid, a bit murky, and not as clear-cut as if he's just ready to step in and play on Sunday. Yeah, I always felt like no matter what all of that was going to be, it would maybe benefit him to play, but I guess we'll find out how it all works out. More from Adam coming later in the show. Let's talk just purely on the football field, Dan. If they get Taylor back, what does it mean for this offense? The zone read of their offense goes to the next level, and that's funny, one of the things that has been a little bit of a pleasant surprise outside of Anthony Richardson throwing the football the zone read game has been something that they've utilized relatively well, partly because Anthony is holding defenders on the backside. This offensive line has been able to kind of get downhill, getting that ball to Jonathan Taylor, either handing it off to him or then forcing guys to collapse. And Anthony being utilized as a runner would be a little bit different. So I think it only makes that zone read be more of a weapon for their offense. And, and when that happens, the play-action pass becomes even better. Yeah. Right? We've seen the talent that Anthony Richardson has and the way he runs the football, but also his arm talent as well. Right now, and I'm not a stats guy, but he's 24th in the league in completion percentage and play-action pass. And play-action is only as effective as the threat in the backfield. And yeah. with Jonathan Taylor back there, he's a home run hitter that gets runs off at 10, 15, 30-plus yards a clip. The defense has to respect it and open that up for the quarterback. Yeah, Taylor would be running behind a Colts O-line that ranks top 10 in run block win rate yeah, this season. Better. You wonder if he's looking at the team. He's like, wow, they look pretty good without me. Got to get back out there. All right, tomorrow's the start of week five featuring the Bears and Commanders. Chicago has plenty of craziness going on off the field, but looking for the upset against the <clears> six-point <throat> favorite Commanders. Justin Fields coming off a career best 335 yards and four touchdowns against the Broncos, but he wants more.
Yeah, I mean, it ended in a loss, but Fields did have the best game of his NFL career, arguably, this past week, completing 80% of those touchdown passes. I, I mentioned the four touchdowns that he had. It marked the first time in his NFL career that Fields threw for 300 yards and the four touchdown passes are also a career high. Fun to see, especially with everything that's gone on there and you know him even talking about the coaching staff a little bit and coming out and having some success. But Marcus, what does Fields need to do to keep the momentum from last week? Yeah, first and foremost, let me get the elephant out of the room. He ain't about to play the Denver Broncos defense. Mm -hmm. That's number one. So go into the game with that understanding. The second thing is, and we've talked about this before, and Dan has heard me say this, that athleticism needs to be at a premium. And it needs to be at a premium with early decision making. I know that we want Justin Fields to continue to progress as a passer and understand what he needs to do from that aspect. But this defensive line and the way that they have started to get after quarterbacks and under, with, with Chase off the edge and Montez Sweat and those interior guys, let your legs lead you to success, Justin Fields. And don't hesitate. Like we see times, mm -hmm. Dan has talked about this, him holding the ball in the pocket, trying to figure it out, get through all of those progressions. Hey, man, if you go one, two, <clears> and it ain't there, use the premium ability that you have in order to keep you in a consistent down the distance, and then you may find your way as this game goes along. Try to duplicate the first three quarters, but more importantly, use your athleticism in this game and don't hesitate. Yeah, the number one thing is just watch his back foot. That was the difference mm. between last week and the previous three was when that back foot hit, it was like watching a pitcher come off the mound. This isn't thinking, hesitation. This is I'm convicted with where I'm throwing the football. And then you see that's, that's ridiculous nice. ball placement down the sideline yep. versus man coverage. That's in his control. The second thing is not in his control. How many different ways and times can they get him outside the pocket? Going to his left, lift his hips. Again, an outstanding throw on the run to D.J. Moore. But they got to call that. Luke Getze, their play caller, has to utilize him. And Marcus intimated this, like, get him <clears throat> to use his legs. This is a way where you force it. And now the defense is going, mm -hmm. is he a runner? Mm -hmm. And then they come up, and that kind of voids the defense. So I think it's a little bit of his control. Like, watch that back foot early tomorrow night and how convicted he is. Get him outside the pocket with some of your play-action bootlegging keeper. And I'd say the last thing is this. It was only one designed quarterback run last week, even though yeah. the performance was so much better. Yep. There should be at least five tomorrow night, especially on a short week defensively. Hmm. I mean, you look at what Lamar is doing, right? He totally. played carefree football for three quarters, to, to Marcus's point. And then when the situation got tight, he started wondering, like, oh, you know, should I do this, should I do that? And there's going to be chemistry that needs to build. If you watch the game in him, for him and DJ Moore, yeah. their chemistry is really taking its course. And I hate that now in preseason football, the fact that the starters aren't playing – People aren't playing. That's a good You're point. not getting a good look at what's going on. So, yeah, they look yeah, good in the preseason, yeah, as did that. Kenny Pickett, as did DTR from the Browns. Yeah. And you mm. saw what happened when you put him in the middle of a regular season against a Ravens defense. It's going to take time, which they're learning it's, and they're building. It's on. not shocking that it was a completely different <clears throat> offense. He looked like a completely different player. Yep. And then DJ Moore's impact was completely different than <laughs> it's been. Like, they just it, – they got to run the same offense plus – that they did Sunday. Sometimes it's not that complicated. It Fields has a 98 QBR when targeting DJ Moore this season. Let's Ooh. do more of that. Yeah. And new on NFL Live, here's Patrick Mahomes on his performance versus the Jets on Sunday.
Accountability, oh. man. Oh. <laughs> so maybe sometimes quarterbacks don't play well, and it's okay to say it. Obviously, the best guy on the planet is saying it himself. So that's one of the things about Patrick that makes him Patrick because he's probably the hardest on himself than anybody. He'll be fine, completely Hawk, fine. How dare Patrick Mahomes not play perfectly at all times? You know what? what uh, Patrick Mahomes not playing well is like Wolverine um, <laughs> healing his own wounds. It'll recalibrate, <laughs> and he'll fix himself. He always does. It, it makes no he can, All he right, can, I'm with that. He I'm can say that, that because it's him. He always fixes himself. Ooh, watch out this week. Coming up on NFL Live, we've got I'm a whole lot more like coming you your like way. Yeah. I love Mark Ryan's stuff here. This right. Rams offense has been the surprise of the season. Maybe not to Dan, but to some. They're ready to test the Eagles on Sunday. Stick around to see Dan talk about where the Rams can take advantage of that Eagles defense. Plus, one of our favorite segments, Lost in Translation. We're going to try to make some sense of some things like this. All the way outside, Y left, fake 396, V hinge, Z puck, and make it slippy. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Our Week 5 Monday Night Football matchup features the Packers squaring off against the Raiders in Vegas, 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. Don't miss that. All right, new on NFL Live, here's Mike Vrabel on facing Anthony Richardson Sunday. I don't know if people actually realize how big Richardson is. What does yeah. the Titans D need to do against him? Well, they are going to hunt the middle of that pocket. I mean, this this defensive line with Simmons and Autry and Arden Key, they do such a tremendous job of taking offensive lines and attacking the middle of that pocket. I want to see if they're still going to be willing to do that, knowing that Anthony's athletic enough to get away from it. But Vrabel's so smart that he's probably mm -hmm. going to attack the pocket, force him to his left, and have somebody there waiting for him. But the interior of that offensive line for Indy is going to be challenged this season like it hasn't yet. 
Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right, let's get to the defending NFC champion Eagles. They're 4-0, but so far Philly hasn't been nearly as dominant as they were last year, especially on defense. And after leading the NFL in QBR allowed, sack rate, and yards per play last year, Philly ranks in the bottom half of the league in those Ooh. categories this year. In addition to losing a handful of starters from last year's defense, Philly also has a new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai. Here's Nick Sirianni on Desai. Interesting. Uh, by the way, Sean Desai, one of the more interesting football minds that you'll ever talk yeah. to. But Marcus, uh, what are you going to be watching for for that Eagles defense on Sunday? One, I thought last week, and, and look, give Sam Howell and that offense credit. I thought last week there was too much open field in the middle of the field no on this doubt. defense. And I know that you've implemented new linebackers, but there, there were guys running open, especially on crossers and things like that. You look at the pass rush, and I know we were going to make a big deal out of it because of the success that they had last year. They actually are not bad at getting after the quarterback. It's just not having that type of impact that we saw last year. So I want to see a little bit more of aggressive coverage when, when, when in coverage, getting up in people. Slay is yeah. a guy that can play man-to-man. -man. Bradbury on the other side. And then when they play these zones, challenge people yeah. when they are crossing your face and they in your area. I think if they start doing that and kind of taking those quarterbacks uh, first options away, then this defense will start to get home up front in that rush. But I, I just a little bit more stickier coverage and taking away some of these easy access throws, I think will benefit them in the long run. Marcus, part of me thinks that they should become a little bit more of a blitz centered man coverage defense with the way they're playing right I now. Love I, it, I don't think this is a great matchup for Philly's defense against the Rams this week, if I'm being honest. One, you're struggling right now with your back seven, not the front seven, the back seven, your second level and your safeties and zone coverage. Just watch these guys versus Sam Howell last week. Somehow, because of those four underneath defenders and Sam using his eyes, three guys basically are covering the same area. And then there's easy access throws. Look at all the space that Marcus was talking about. This is consistent on the tape versus Washington last week. Mm -hmm. And teams know it. Matthew Stafford's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL using his eyes. Single receiver up top. Imagine this is Puka Nakua and just sitting in one of those soft zones and Sam Howell stares to the bottom of the screen. He gets that linebacker to tighten up or drop, and now he moves the corner to the top where the flat goes, and then there's that vacant void. Matthew Stafford is going to do that against mm -hmm. the zone defense. So that's something that they're really struggling on. The second thing, this is the season right now. This team can't consistently cover the bunch concept. The Rams won more bunch than anybody in football. Now watch. These guys push vertical, seam down. There's some lack of communication that's going on with Philly secondary. Bang, wide open for the corner route. That's the same stuff that they saw against New England three weeks ago. They still haven't figured out. This goes back to the Super Bowl. Watch the slot receiver go in motion. See the second level of defense. Lack communication or lack of plan. He goes untouched. He'd mm. score from 99 if that was the case. So I, we're talking about a, a Rams team that lines up in bunch all the time. Philly's struggling with it. We're talking about a Rams team that uses a ton of pre-step motion. Philly's struggling with it still, especially down the red zone. We're talking about a team that's struggling in zone coverage with the eyes. And Matthew Stafford is going to move those defenders. I'm not saying, like, it's a guaranteed win. I just think, like, they better tighten up against the Rams or, or this is going to be a bad matchup. You yeah. think McVay's, like, bunch a bunch? 
That's week. who they're. That's what they're going to do. They're going to force them to, to handle it. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Hawk. Uh, let's talk about the Rams' offense a little a bit bunch, more because <laughs> thanks, my good. Sound like some. Sound like some uh, cereal. It's yummy. Y'all got some bunch of bunch in that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that Puka Nakua has been doing has been really delicious too. Uh, there's a lot more to it though, Hawk, than just yeah. the big numbers. What have you seen? I, Come I, on. I mean, uh, I gotta say. I, Puka, I owe you an apology. I wasn't familiar with your game. That was, oh, that's a check. check. Dan is right. When you watch Puka play, and they're going against this yeah. defense, they've been playing so much zone. He's going to tear that up. But as I looked at the tape and I looked at the run game, yeah. all the big runs that the Rams had a week ago, look at Puka Nakua. He's on the point of Woo. attack for every run. There are six different plays on here. I could have put another 10 on here. Okay. Every big run. And that's a big deal because, yes, Puka's a big player, but they are inserting him as a fullback. He's blocking DNs. He's blocking linebackers. He's blocking safeties. And when you play with that kind of tenacity as a football player, yeah. it's, it, it's no why wonder why it? in the past game he is so open because he plays with the same speed and the DBs and the defense can't diagnose Why is he good at the blocking? Oh. Because he's tough, because he's willing, because he cares. That's the kind of player he is. I told you this before the show. He is a football player. Yeah. And what I mean by a football player is when you watch his routes, you're not going to find anything super like, man, he's so fast. He's so quick. He's so sudden. But when you watch his game in totality, he does everything great. He does everything Hans right. Ward, he's man. where he needs to be every <laughs> single Hans time. Ward. And he's someone that you can depend on. Yeah, he's saying Heinz Hines Ward. Yeah. Heinz Ward, man. Yeah, he's got a little Heinz, Heinz Ward. Really Physical, put Aaron your Decker. face mask on people. Oh, yeah. go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, I got when high. You yeah. say playing at the same speed, and you said he's not particularly fast or slow, but it's probably hard to diagnose because you just don't know if he's ever going to speed up or slow down, it's, right? It's, he has a, a pace to it that clearly uh, Matthew Stafford trusts. Yeah. And mm. that's why he's been so mm. effective because, again, in the timing, if you understand football, you got to be where you got to be when the quarterback needs you mm. and he Stafford is trusting him as much as he trusts Cooper Cup and as much as he trusted Calvin Johnson. And you mentioned Cooper Cup. They might get him back this week, which is <laughs> watch out. OK, uh, let's get to Adam Schefter. More top stories to get to. Lots of news this week from the AFC West. Adam, let's start with J.C. Jackson. Well, Laura, two weeks ago, the Chargers deactivated him, didn't have him active for a game day. And that told you right there that they were done with him today. They officially are. They've sent him and a seventh-round draft pick to the New England Patriots for a sixth-round draft pick. J.C. Jackson returns to New England, which needs a cornerback because Christian Gonzalez suffered a torn labrum, and he is out indefinitely, very possibly, for the season, so help is on the way. Meanwhile, the Denver Broncos, who signed Randy Gregory to a five-year, $70 million contract in the offseason of 2022, released him today. Gregory asked for his release earlier in the week. The Broncos were happy to grant him that request. Sean Payton informed the team today. Nick Benito steps in to help try to replace Randy Gregory, who now becomes a free agent. And this comes in lieu of the fact that over the weekend, the Raiders moved on from Chandler Jones. So we saw the AFC West make three high-profile, pricey free agent additions in the offseason of 2022. J.C. Jackson, Randy Gregory, Chandler Jones. Today, none of them are on AFC West teams. Yeah, it all made sense uh, at the start of it, but that's not how it's working out now. Thanks to Adam Moore from you coming a little bit later on in the show. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday, and you know what it means when it's Wednesday here. It's Whiteout Wednesday. Let's Dan go. and Hogg are going to talk about CeeDee Lamb's impressive performance against the Patriots. Don't miss this. CeeDee on Whiteout Wednesday. We'll be right back. CeeDee.
Welcome to the stage, CD. Hey. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's Wide Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk, take it away. When does he know... Time to get inside. Game plan within the game plan. I want to work backwards here. Don't do what's on the paper. Do what you know. This is why he's such a smart football player. This is the fastest feet. Oh, oh. oh. If I tried that now, I would tear everything. You have my permission to slap him to sleep. That was get dope. it. That was dumb. Wide out Wednesday. Yay, yay. I still, I still don't ever get over those feet, man. I still oh, don't ever either. get over those feet. So, Good day. going into last week, there was the conversation Cowboys offense, specifically yep. down in the red zone. What do they got to mm-hmm. do? And it's like, throw the ball to your best offensive weapon, CeeDee Lamb. They do that against New England. Yes. Down in the red zone, they throw him a go, or a fade route ends up being a touchdown. So, we wanted to touch on what the go route is and why it worked for CeeDee Lamb against New England. Absolutely. It starts with getting some intel as a wide receiver down here at the bottom. I see man-to-man press coverage in the red zone, I am licking my chops because it's time to eat. What's okay, let me ask you thinking? a question. Why Why are you saying press coverage and you're getting, like, excited off of that? What does the press coverage do for the go route? Because it's simple. This is a one-on-one. I mean, you're in a situation where it's not advantageous for the DB. Okay. You can't guard me off the line, and I have all this space to work with. Bet. What I want to know is what is the quarterback thinking knowing you have a fade yeah. to your easy-bake offense in yeah. the red zone. The biggest thing for me is when I get that press man down in the red zone and there's one safety in the middle field, my thought is I got to hold that safety for one second because I don't want that mm. safety coming over the top, essentially, and taking that ball away. I so hold it. him, and then really it's your job to go win at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and I got to make sure that I get that ball up and down to give you a chance to go make the play, but you got to save me some space to the sideline. That's perfect. Let's get into the release. So the release that CD uses is a hesitation release. Now, if you take it back again, I typically don't tell receivers to use a hesitation release because it delays the inevitable. But the only people who can do it, you have to have a certain amount of juice. What's the point of doing the hesitation release? I'm trying to lull the DB to sleep. I am trying to get him to react at a speed that I'm showing him, which is about 60%. So I'm coming off the ball nice and slow and getting him into a pace. That's why you have to have juice to do it because then I'm accelerating at an entirely different speed and only very few receivers can actually do this effectively. Slow, early, quick, Slow, later. early, speed after. Okay. So he catches Bryant, the DB, off guard completely. And the other thing that the, the, the hesitation release does for the yeah. DB, or for the quarterback actually, is it helps with the timing. Yes. You are throwing a fade in the short field. 
Fades are usually 35 to 40 yards down the field. Right. And there's not a lot of space. This helps time up the quarterback better. So, okay, he gets the release. Yep. He gets even almost immediately. The best thing he does from this point is he holds the red line. Let me, let, let, let's talk about that red line. So the yes. red line at everybody's practice field, there's a red line that is five yards from the sideline mm -hmm. that is there from the goal line to the goal line. And the goal is when you run a go route receivers, you got to stay on or inside that red line. And it's for us quarterbacks to have some room to what we call, it's called a fade because we want to fade you yes. to the sideline away from that defender. And that's the misconception. A fade route is not the route. You don't fade with the route. You run a straight line go, the ball you, the fades ball you. Fades you you get the, 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 the space to make a throw into the open area. All right, go to the ISO for me. The next thing he does after he wins the release, he gets even, he holds the red line, yeah. is finding the ball. Now, that seems easy, but the problem that a lot of young receivers make is when they look for the ball, they look back at the quarterback. And yeah, you should know. Like level-wise, you're saying. Level-wise, you're looking back to the quarterback. Okay. When in actuality, if you do what you're supposed to do at the beginning, the quarterback does what he's supposed to do, that ball is already in flight. What CD does is perfect is he looks up. He finds the ball I love that. up because it's already in the air and in flight. I love that. And those are the keys for the go route. That win off the line of scrimmage, the speed, hold that red line to give you some space. And then you're saying when you look back for the football, find keep it up. up and away. I love CD that. CD gives late hands, and it results in a red zone touchdown that has been so elusive to the Dallas Cowboys. And they're going to see some man coverage against San Francisco in Sunday night football. Specifically, mm -hmm. if you get into some third downs, there's going to be an opportunity to push the ball downfield for Dallas and CD Lamb. Outstanding, bud. Oh, that was no, 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 we're not. Come we're not on that now. Ball. And then give me another one. Just for, there it is. That was you, baby. Stop That's not it. me. Hawk, you fixed that. Thank <laughs> goodness. Dan doesn't deserve you. He's so awkward. All right, new on NFL Live. Here's LeVar Jackson on facing the Steelers. Let's get Adam Schefter back in here. Lots of news to get to. Let's start right there in Baltimore. Tons of guys on the injury report. There's Adam. I was waiting to see if uh, Marcus was going to do the report. Anyway, what do we know, Adam, about who was on the practice field today? Well, big homie could have done that report if we needed him to. He's very versatile, but we don't need him. Here I am, and here I am with the information. The Ravens had three key players back on the practice field today. Odell Beckham Jr. practiced today. Rashad Bateman practiced today. Marlon Humphrey practiced today. Even Ronnie Stanley was back at practice after missing Friday's practice last week. So those are encouraging signs for the Baltimore Ravens as they get ready to prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. And the Steelers look like they will have their quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Despite the fact that he left Sunday's game against Houston with a bone bruise on his knee, Kenny Pickett told reporters today that he plans to play on Sunday and that I'll be ready to go by Sunday. Mm. Those are the words that he used, so it looks like the Steelers will have their quarterback out there on Sunday. But they are not expected to have their tight end, Pat Fryermuth, who's dealing with a hamstring injury right now. Let's keep in mind, the Steelers have a bye after this week. So if Fryermuth doesn't play Sunday, which is the expectation, then he would have two weeks to rest that hamstring and begin to give him a chance to get ready for the Pittsburgh game coming out of the Steelers' bye week. And in New York today, the Jets head coach Robert Sala told reporters that Brees Hall no longer is on a pitch count, which seems to have mm. limited his production 
through the first part of the season. And Brees Hall, not on a pitch count, should help the Jets' offense. He is a dynamic, explosive running back, and it sounds like he will get the opportunity to run the football more starting Sunday in the Nathaniel Hackett Sean Payton Bowl. Oh, we can't wait for that one. See what they do against those Broncos. And by the way, when you think about what Brees Hall did when he burst on the scene before he got hurt, that's pretty exciting for the Jets, especially after Zach Wilson looked a little bit better last week. We're all optimistic here today. We got more coming your way here on NFL some Live. Optimism, right? Oh, I love being out there. You guys are the pessimistic people. All right. Uh, the Lions <laughs> could be getting a huge piece of their offense back. Jamison Williams returning from his suspension this Give week. Give me the juice. Here, why Hawk thinks this is no small addition. Already explained. Explosive offense. We'll be right back. Yeah, the, the completely unnecessary. Well, I wanted to show people the explosion. He shouldn't talk about. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Sunday NFL Countdown Crew has you covered for week five at 10 a.m. Eastern. And the Monday Night Countdown Crew gets you set for Packers Raiders, a two-hour pregame show starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. Hey, new on NFL Live, this posted by ESPN NFL reporter Lindsay Theory. She said Sean McVay says Cooper Cup will be limited in his return to practice today before adding that Cup won't actually be limited <laughs> and that he felt like Ron Burgundy reading that off the projected participation report. He's like trying to read the teleprompter there. So maybe a little bit more uh, action from Cup than we would expect. And some of that got lost in translation. I'm Ron Burgundy. It's a fine line between drinking wine and squashing grapes. On the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Hmm? When it's grim, be the grim reaper. Are you watering and are you fertilizing every day? So when it's time to pop, it'll pop. I feel like a mermaid and everybody else is like dogs. You got to see if they can swim. I'm going to take them on the island. We need volunteers, not hostages. You're arguing with your girl and she says, I'm sorry. Like, all right, let's, let's watch a movie now. We're good. You know, whew. Time to see what's lost in translation this week. We're going to talk about some sound, and then the guys are going to tell us what it really means after mm. we hear it. So, first up, your weekly dose of Mike Tomlin. Here's his thoughts on Ravens receiver Zay Flowers. He's got really good speed, um, short area burst, um, change of direction, um, and body control, and those things. But I quickly understood about him and from watching him at BC that the interesting component of his calling card is the fearlessness in his play. He is fearless. Um, he runs into dark places at full speed. He will not be intimidated. He is, he is combative and competitive in all circumstances. I, quite, quite honestly, I've never seen him flinch. Mm. Hawk, what's Tomlin really saying there? Translation: I should have drafted you, uh. not just because of your ability, <laughs> because of your mentality. The word "dog" is what comes to mind. You are a Marcus Spears-level bully in an Andrew Hawkins-sized body. <laughs> and if we played as tough as you did, we wouldn't be adding padded practices. Son, I wish you were on my team. Oh, yeah, that dog bites. I also hate the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Dan, you're not fearless. You would. Um, to Atlanta, where Arthur Smith was asked about benching Desmond Ritter. There's a fine line between always jerking the wheel and making a guy more hesitant, and 
you got to make the best decision for your team going forward. You know, if you, if you think that the biggest issue is make an exchange, then that's what you have to do. You know, nobody, nobody's going to sit there and do the same thing over and over. Right? That's uh, whether it's true or not. Right? That's one of the definitions definitions of insanity. Dan, we just saw the Falcons in London. Uh, what do you think he means by that? Your hesitancy is going to risk you losing this job. Mm. And when I call plays that are, I'm, I'm, I got the completion for you. Just throw it. I need you to do that, and you're good enough. At the very top, he's got the hitch route, where he's got the stick route at the bottom with the flat. Just throw one of those, because I'm just calling to get five yards. And third and one, when I motion Bijan, we're, we're, we're calling that play to throw it to Bijan. He out leverages the guy. I need you to make that throw. You are good enough. Your hesitancy, whether it's overthinking, because I don't want to make a mistake, or confusion, I got to get you to the point where you throw the football. Slant flat. When that flat defender goes over the top, we got to throw that ball to the flat. You are good enough to do that. And if you're hesitant because you're not sure or you're worried about making a mistake, it's going to get you going from the starting quarterback not to being the starting quarterback. And Arthur Smith's job is to do what's best for that football team. And if it means he's got to take him away, it means he's got to take him. He doesn't want to. Yeah. That's a playoff football team with good quarterback play at the consistent level. Yeah, Taylor Heineke, the backup. I asked Arthur Smith at halftime of that game if they were considering making a change after the way he performed in the first half, and he emphatically it's not time said yet. it's not even part of the conversation. Yeah. But it, it was worth yet, the question, though. Absolutely, yeah. and we talked about it. It's not time yet, but he's got to hit those I'm calling these gimmies to get completions. Yeah. Desmond's got to start to hit those. All right, let's go to Detroit, where Dan Campbell has had quite a few memorable quotes. I'm going to have to read this one. We don't have it on camera. You have so to I, sound like I him. apologize in advance. Uh, he was asked about going from the hunter to the hunted and said, if you're hunting us, you won't have to look far. We're going to be on your front porch. I kind of sounded like Ron Burgundy trying to be Dan Campbell. Uh, Marcus, I love the quote. What does he mean? Yeah, yeah, I love this too. Because when we said, when we young and you grow up where I grow up, you say you got to jump off the porch, man. You got to <laughs> jump straight into the fire. What Dan Campbell is saying, you don't have to jump off your porch. We going to come to your porch <laughs> and get it in. It don't matter. He does not care. And his team plays with this same mentality. One of my favorite rappers in my childhood friends growing up named Lil Boosie, he rapped a song and he said, Mama, I ain't going outside. I'm going outside. We don't need cable. Every time you go outside, Dan Campbell and this team going to be standing out there waiting on whoever they got to play. And I love that about him. He has embodied the city of Detroit. Mm. And I love it so much. Yeah, if you had on your bingo card Lil Boosie getting in the show today, there you go. You were in the rap video with us, weren't you? I know you grew up with Boosie. And you did his rap video, Yeah, I was in the video. Yeah, 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 go look that up on YouTube. Hey, Marcus, video vixen. I love it. The video vixen. Where Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams is eligible to return this week after the suspension for violating the NFL's gambling policy was reduced from six games to four. While in Alabama, Williams tore his ACL, remember, in the 2022 CFP National Championship game. Because of that, he only played six games last season and had two touches. One was that 41-yard receiving touchdown, the other a 40-yard rush. Yesterday, Williams spoke about his workout schedule while serving that suspension. Yeah, yeah, I had a set schedule. I do um, some workout in the morning, then I come back and work out again on the field. So I had a little two-a-day going on. I did a lot of catching. I was on the judge machine. I got a judge machine at the house. I did a lot of catching. So I was doing like 100 a day. It was every day. So you do the math on that. And that's a lot of catching. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this guy can be absolutely electric. Adam, what's the outlook for Jameson Williams playing Sunday? Well, listen, they want to use him. And let's keep in mind, Lord, today, Amon Ross St. Brown was a non-participant in practice 
due to an abdomen injury. Jamison Williams has had to overcome so much. He had the torn ACL last year. He had the hamstring injury this summer. He had the gambling ban. And now he's back, and they're excited to have him back. I don't think it'll be a full workload right away, of course, because there's so much he's coming back from. But they have high hopes for Jamison Williams. I would think he'll be used some on Sunday, and it'll be one more weapon for a Detroit Lions offense that is already shown to be explosive, giving one of the better teams in the NFC a better chance at winning the NFC North and making a real playoff push here. Yeah, it feels appropriate to go all the way back to when he was drafted and a couple drafts ago because at that time, since we haven't seen him that much, at that time, Hawk, we're like, oh my goodness, yep. what a draft for, for the Lions. We're seeing that play out. When he does come back, what mm. does Williams add to this Lions offense? An entirely new element. Uh, Williams has the ability to be a number one receiver. In that draft that was heavy receiver talent, mm -hmm. he could have been number one if he was healthy, right? And when you look at the formula for what a good wide receiver core looks like, it's really simple. You have two guys that could be number one. Look in Cincinnati, look in Tampa Bay, look in Miami, look in Philadelphia, and now the Detroit Lions have that with Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm. But to Adam's point, they have to roll them out slowly. This isn't going to be, hey, you're going to jump right in here. So what he gives them right now is the element of blowing the top off the defense mm. and allowing Amon Ra to have even more room in the middle of the field and clear things up for that run game and Jared Goff. Go routes, right? Let's go. Take it up top, baby. <laughs> Long ball. Going. All right, we got more coming your way on NFL Live. How about the Cowboys and 49ers? Can't wait for this one. They're no strangers having met in last season's divisional round. Stick around to hear the question that had Dak all fired up about the upcoming rematch. That's next on NFL Live. We'll be right back. This can be a legendary scene. There is no setting quite like it. College game day will be fun this week. A developing story here in the NFL as we go right back out to Adam Schefter. What's going on, Adam? The NFL's considering discipline against the Seahawks safety Jamal Adams for his actions towards the independent concussion doctor appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA Monday night. We all saw Jamal Adams go down delivering or taking a hit in his helmet. A knee from Daniel Jones on this particular play came to the sideline and the independent concussion doctor said he had to go to the locker room. He was concussed. Jamal Adams did not like it. He got, he exchanged some words with the independent concussion doctor that were captured on the Monday night broadcast. The league obviously has taken notice of this behavior and the league now is considering discipline against the Seahawks standout safety Jamal Adams. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. It's certainly worth the context that Jamal Adams was coming off of the long injury and so much time away, had considered retirement even at one point, but still um, interesting to sift through. Thanks to Adam. All right, let's get to the Cowboys and 49ers renewing their rivalry in prime time on Sunday night. This one's going to be great. I think the 49ers have eliminated the Cowboys in each of the last two postseasons. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense has struggled in those losses, averaging fewer than 15 points per game. That defense has consistently been good. Prescott was already fired up for this one when he was asked how to describe how it felt losing to the 49ers in the playoffs last year. We're so far past that, to be honest with you, but that's obvious. I mean, you just want to piss me off going into this week, and I appreciate that. I do, actually. I do. Um, yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. They are right now uh, probably the uh, most likely team to uh, go in the Super Bowl. But in order for them to get there, they've got to go by us, uh, hopefully two times. 
if that's the way it falls in the playoffs. So, Marcus, what needs to change for the Cowboys this time around versus the 49ers? Do tell us. Do tell us. I don't care. I could, I could care less about any words. This is about action, boss. That's mm. all it is for Dak Prescott. This action. I don't care if you get pissed off today. I want you to be pissed off Sunday in a positive way. And the one thing you have to do is you have to overcome whatever adversity comes along in this game and with your play, whether that's your feet, whether that's a critical throw, whether that's a critical third down conversion late in the game that you need, you have to figure out a way to make that play. Not the blank stare when it doesn't work out. You got to go make the play. And yes, it's tough because this is one of the best defenses in football. Mm -hmm. We know how good the San Francisco 49ers are, but this is about action. It's not about what a reporter asks you. It ain't about what Dak talked about. It ain't about having a conversation if he's a good quarterback or not. The San Francisco 49ers have been the bully on the block to the Dallas Cowboys, and a lot of that has to do with how their quarterback has responded in critical situations. You up again, this is another opportunity. That man is preaching right now because I could not agree more Marcus it is, does not matter what you say in a press conference you got to convince not anybody else convince yourself because you have the talent Dak that would be my message to you you mm -hmm. are as talented yes, as any quarterback in the league but it comes down to his point these critical moments those interceptions in that playoff game a year ago they shouldn't have happened for a quarterback at his level because they're not smart decisions he plays well when the opportunity is there and then when they need him you cannot only be the reason why your team loses. You have to be the reason why they win. Yes, it shouldn't be us moving heaven and earth to get you into a top tier uh, conversation. It should be us moving, moving heaven and earth to have to try to keep you out of it because that's the kind of talent mm. he has. So the challenge for that football team, and it's not just Dak, is San Francisco's defense. You guys have both mentioned like one of the best in the league. It, it could be arguably the best. It's not just talented. <clears throat> one. I don't think there's a defensive football that runs through the ball as good as San Francisco's defense. And two, there is not a defense in football that tackles as well in space. And the Cowboys offense so far in the first month has been a little bit of a dink and dunk offense. Yep. Just a, a, a get it out, West Coast style, be completion driven, efficiency offense. Part of that is because they've had the lead. So it makes a lot of sense. Hmm. So their yards after catch, their yak has been significantly increased from last year. Do you want to know who's the number one yak yards after catch defending defensive football? San Francisco 49ers. They give up three yards, 3.2 yards per catch after the guy catches the ball. That's not going to work. Yep. If, if you're Dallas, like turnovers, quarterback play, all that stuff, Matt, if Dallas's offense is not going to have success against San Francisco's yeah. defense unless they're capable of making some guys miss and or break tackles, and San Francisco just doesn't do it. Right. They just don't do it defensively. That is going to be a huge thing to pay attention to in that game Sunday night. You know, Dan, you're hearing uh, these guys talk about just the prove it moments for Dak. It feels like early season this year even, this could be one of those. Oh, there's no question about it. The, the, these teams are very evenly matched. Mm -hmm. They're both really well coached. They're very evenly matched. Kind of ride the backs of their defenses. Brock Purdy, in those moments at least last year, was a better player than Dak Prescott when they played against each other last year. That was only one game. This is the chance for Dak to outplay Brock. Like, th this is one of those games that, and you guys don't like, you guys know me, I don't like, like, tree-level analysis or treetop analysis. What quarterback's going to play better? 
Like, what, what quarterback's going to make those plays, value the football? <laughs> and there are still question marks about if Dak can do that head-to-head -head versus Brock Purdy. There's going to be yeah. a lot more that determines the football game, obviously. But it's a huge game for Dak Prescott. Yeah. Not only for, like, and the outside, Marcus, but for the inside. For him. For him yeah. and his psyche and the team. Here's the other thing, too. Like, because it's a big misconception that the San Francisco 49ers, when they play, they usually rough, rough shot over people offensively. Dallas defense gave up 19 points right. last year in the playoff game. Right. Like, this is going to squarely be on. And another name, C.D. Lamb. Like, if you want to really solidify yourself as number one guy, a guy that can make plays in games and bring your team above that level, and obviously has a lot to do with how Dak plays, this is the opportunity. Mark. Because teams don't beat the San Francisco 49ers on scheme. They beat them on playmakers making plays. And if we go back to every game that they've lost up in NFC championships or even in the Super Bowl, it's been about players and not plays. That's why it's critical for Dak Prescott. Josh Dobbs played really well against the 49ers defense last week. Okay. Josh yeah. Dobbs. Interesting. All right, time for one more thing before we go. And we're all like family here. So when we have celebrating things for our family, we celebrate them together. And that's what we're doing today. <laughs> we celebrate yeah, Mar, and she is going to Texas. Hook them horns for Marcus's daughter. Congratulations. One of the best volleyball players you're going to see in the next few years. Oh, Congrats man. to you, Kari, and to you, Swagu, and Isha. I'll Mama throw it up. So I'll cool. throw it up. Look at her foot. She got I'll throw it up, horns. man. We love you, Kari. Yeah, buddy. <laughs>